You are listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our mission is to reconnect Yah's people to the root and truth of his word. We have been called to take Yah's healing to the nations, remove the stumbling block out of the way of his people, and teach as well as model the importance of serving the living Elohim in spirit and in truth. We live by Romans 15 and 4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. My girlfriend, thank you very much. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Yah. Praise the Most High for his appointed times and plan of salvation. The title of today's teaching is Go and Sin No More. Go and Sin No More. The last day of unleavened bread, the beginning and end of our consecration. As Moray said, we are headed somewhere and the count continues. Um, I told a sweet friend this week that it's not how you start. It's how you finish how you finish. So we are at the seventh day. How will we finish? Uh, When I close my eyes and meditate on these words, two scenes come to mind. Go and sin no more. I'm standing on the other side of the sea that was parted by the hand of Yah. Go and sin no more. I am the woman who is being asked, where are those who condemn you? By Yeshua, Messiah, our kinsman, Redeemer. Go and sin no more has been the call since the beginning. Um, Genesis 4, 6 through 7. You don't have to go there, but you might want to write it down. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you karah? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, yatab, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. Its desire is for you but you should rule over it. In Ephesians, it says, be angry and do not sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, 12 through 13, he says, and now Israel, what does the Lord God require of you, but to fear the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. In Deuteronomy also 30 and 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. In Joshua 24 and 14, it says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil, if it seems raw to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land uh, you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Learn to do good. In Isaiah 1, 16 through 19, it says, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. 
Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They are like red, like crimson. They shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And in Micah 6 and 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Hallelujah. Um, January 1st, 2006, um, my husband proposed to me. And we were married six months later, July 22nd, 2006. So with six months of preparation for the wedding, uh, I've known him since high school, caveat. Uh, but six months from the start of the engagement to the wedding, it was the will you marry me? It was the yes, I will. And then it was the, um, the preparation for the actual wedding. So Yeshua has offered life and we've said, yes, I will but we're not married yet. We are engaged to the one that conquered death. We are engaged to the incorruptible and the eternal. In 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, who has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. We see that same thing in 2 Corinthians 5 and 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. In Ephesians 1 and 14, it says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession to the praise of his glory? So this guarantee is a pledge. It's part of a purchase. It's money or property given in advance as security for the rest. We would call it earnest money. Um, and so it's an assurance for fulfillment of a condition, okay? It's connected to a Hebrew word that's only used three times and all three times it's used in Genesis 38. So that's the story of Judah and Tamar um, when he goes to her and he thinks it's a prostitute and she says, well, what will you give me as a pledge? So I know that you're gonna bring back what you said. So our father has given us the Ruach HaKodesh as a guarantee that he will come back to us to get us. Um, so um, we want to be intimate with God, but we don't want to know his son. So folks will say, you're engaged, right? And then we'll be like, yeah, but yeah, I want, but. Yeah, I'm down, but so honestly, we've spent more time being intimate with death. We've been intimate with sin because the wages of sin are death. There is no undoing that. And unfortunately, that's what we've been more intimate with. Um, and Hebrews two and three, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So go and sin no more. Uh, we have three points that we're going to hit today. Uh, unleavened bread starts your count to Pentecost or Shavuot. Um, we're preparing, he's preparing us to receive divine instruction, but we must be emotionally and spiritually mature to grasp it. 
as we go through these weeks, weeks one, weeks, week one, weeks one, weeks, week one <laughs> is Hesed. And Jeremy did a really good teaching on that about the loving kindness of the most high. And every week we're going to progress and go through as we're climbing up the mountain. So week one is about um, Hesed and the loving kindness of the Most High. Week two is justice, discipline, restraint, and awe. Week three is about the beauty, harmony, and compassion. Week four is about endurance, fortitude, and ambition. Week five is about humility and splendor. When we get to week six, it'll be bonding and foundation. And week seven will be nobility, sovereignty, and leadership. So as it was said, we are going somewhere and his character being perfected in us is essential. Uh, so one of the things that ministers shared, one of those apps, um, I think it was day four, day five, uh, they said eternal love requires an intimate connection, kinship, an attachment, one that benefits both parties. This bonding bears fruit, the fruit born out of a healthy union. Um, and so when I think about that, this bonding bears fruit. Uh, you have Yeshua saying, apart from you, you, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, I desire that you bear fruit. I'm going to prune you so you bear more fruit. But that comes from an intimate connection, kinship attachment, so that it benefits both parties. So we've said, I will. Uh, then it, let's make our way to the mountain. What are we dropping off so that we can ascend and be counted? Psalms 90 and 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. All right. All right. So point one is unleavened bread starts your count to Pentecost. All right. Point two, unleavened bread is a week of consecration and sanctification. Um, in Leviticus 8 and 33, it says, and you shall not go outside the door of the tabernacle of meeting for seven days until the days of your consecration are ended for seven days. He shall consecrate you. So we have been called not to eat the bread of the world for seven days, setting ourselves apart for his service. Um, but what I found is that I and I'll preach to myself. I fight against consecration. I fight against being completely set apart. I fight against being completely submitted in service to him. Just preaching to myself. So, um, so, you know, he's wanting to set us apart because he said in Exodus that you will be a kingdom of priests. So it's the same protocol. So when I thought about this seven days, like what is he trying to do during this time that I'm fighting? What is he trying to work out in me during this time of being set apart that I'm having an issue with? Um, so let's go to uh, Romans, Romans chapter seven. Hallelujah. Romans chapter seven. Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and start in verse one. Okay. 
says, or do you not know, brethren, for I speak, uh, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if he, but if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Go back real quick. And it was right here. Eternal love requires an intimate connection, kinship and attachment that one benefits, one that benefits both parties. This bonding bears fruit, the fruit born out of a healthy union. And again, says, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Hallelujah. Again, eternal love requires an intimate connection, kinship and attachment, one that benefits both parties. This bonding bears fruit, the fruit born of a healthy union. Uh, let's jump to, we're still in Romans. We're going to go to uh, start, pick up at verse 12. Um, so Romans seven and verse 12, it says, therefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Has then what is good become deaf to me? Certainly not, but sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful for we know that the law is spiritual but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree that the law is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform, excuse me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find then a law, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Don't fight the consecration. Embrace it with humility 
and with our hearts wide open. The bread, he said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's go to John chapter six. John chapter six. We're going to be in verse 41. Hallelujah. When you get there. Hallelujah. 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 In verse 41, it says the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Yeshua answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except he whom is from God. He has seen the father most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me has everlasting life i am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die i am the living bread which came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread that i shall give my flesh which i shall give for the life of the world the Jews then quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yeshua said to them, most assuredly, I say, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Yeshua knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the son of man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Yeshua knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I've said to you that no one can come to me unless the father has granted him to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Yeshua said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Revelation is not coming through your flesh, but by the spirit of the almighty. All right. So we said 
that number one, unleavened bread starts your count to Shavuot. Number two, unleavened bread is a week of consecration and sanctification. And number three, unleavened bread is the call to go and sin no more. Romans chapter three. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter three, we're starting in verse 23. Hallelujah. And it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Yeshua HaMashiach, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Yeshua. Hallelujah. We're going to jump to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death? Therefore, uh, we were buried with him through baptism. What is that? Okay, sorry. I'm so I don't need that, but okay, here we go. For, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Yes. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Yeshua HaMashiach, our master. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are the one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. 
I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh for just as you presented your members as slave to uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Yeshua HaMashiach, our master. Hallelujah. Going over to Romans 8, 1 through 11. Hallelujah when you get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, um, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Yeshua HaMashiach, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Yeshua HaMashiach has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. For if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Yeshua from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to John chapter eight. John chapter eight. Hallelujah when you get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead. And, and you, uh, no, I'm sorry. I won't jump ahead. I'll just be there. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. John 8, starting in verse 1. Um, but Yeshua went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Yeshua stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger and as though he did not hear. 
So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Yeshua was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Yeshua had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are thou accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Yeshua said to her, neither do I go and sin no more. And John 8 and 11 in the Orthodox Jewish Bible. And she said, no one Adonai. And Rebbe Melech HaMashiach said, neither do I condemn you. Go and practice ket no more. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Hallelujah when you get there. Hallelujah. 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 12 and 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those that curse you and in all the families of the earth um, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. So you can connect the Hebrew word that Yeshua, the Greek word that they translated, but you can connect that to the Hebrew word lek, which is to go. But we know when we study this Parsha that lek, lek leka is to go, go for yourself. So you can connect that same word when Yeshua said go and sin no more. It's almost like he said lek, lek leka, go for yourself. Go and do not practice lawlessness anymore. It is very possible to do that. So go from your country. We know that we live in a wicked world. Go from this world and sin no more. Go from your family. I could list the dirt, the um, generational mess that is in my family, whether it be um, sexual abuse or it be um, abortion or it be drug abuse or it be cocaine or alcoholism or adultery, those things that go down the line. He's saying, Lek Laka from your country, Lek Laka from your family, Lek Laka from your father's house. We know what Abraham's people used to do. He knew what the woman used to do. We knew what she was caught in the act of doing. And yet there was no condemnation. He said, go and sin no more. I know your past, but I still parted the water for you. I know your past, but I've still made the path clear. Will you go 
and stop practicing lawlessness? Will you go from what your family used to do? Will you go what America says is okay? Will you go even in your own house when there is division and a sword? Will you go anyway and sin no more? Lek laka, go for yourself and follow after life. We mistakenly choose comfort and condemnation over life and peace. But the master is saying you don't have to walk outside of the father's will anymore. You don't have to think like that anymore. You don't have to walk in self-condemnation anymore. You don't have to practice lawlessness anymore. You don't have to doubt my will for your life anymore. You don't have to look for gratification from the lusts of the world anymore. I've freed you. Believe in me. Walk in in it, I've given you a new halakha. Your limp is for my righteousness, but if you stay with me, I will straighten you out. As long as we think we can't be used, we will waste time operating outside of his will, which means we are operating outside of our divine purpose. We believe in ourselves to an extent, but not enough to walk in full obedience. So believe in the one who sent Yeshua and called you to life. Stop running from the consecration. Be healed of your infirmities, of your iniquity, of your sin, and of your transgression. Let's go to John chapter 8. Back to John. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Yochanan 8, starting in verse 31. Hallelujah. 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 Then Yeshua said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendant and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Yeshua answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Uh, Marion Williamson uh, had this quote, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that frightens us most. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. You, We were all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in all of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Today is your invitation to come under the authority of him who knew no sin, but became a sin offering for us. Will you surrender today? You said I will but will you commit to walking in his love till he returns? Go, lek laka, go for yourself and sin no more. 
not according to the letter, but by the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I multiple times in prayer, I saw the children up here. Uh, Shad is not here, but okay. Okay. So you won't stand by for the music. Lee, I need, um, the world can wait and I need, uh, withholding nothing. Yes. You shalom camera. Okay. Um, Thank you for listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our website is www.restoringthebranches.org. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email us at restoringthebranches at gmail.com. Shalom.